0: Hello there, welcome to the podcast, the Rock and Road podcast. This is Leona Graham, we're on season six and this is episode three. On this week's episode, we will hear from Finlay McCallan from Motorcycle Live, which is taking place later this month at the NEC in Birmingham. And I will be going to Motorcycle Live on Sunday the 20th and I'll be on the Honda stand. Would you like to come along as well? Well, I've got two pairs of tickets to be won on this very episode of the Rock and Roll podcast. Keep listening to find out how. I also chatted to Brian May about stereoscopy. And if you've never heard of that, which is highly likely, we find out what it's all about and we discover uh, what Brian May has got to do with this fascinating subject. And it is interesting. Brian May is a really interesting bloke. You will see that in moments from now when I bring you the chat I had with Brian May. Plus, on the podcast, we will hear a little bit from Dexter and I'll bring you some music news. But first, it is the silver-haired living legend from Queen. I am with Brian May at Proud Gallery, Central London, um, for the Stereoscopy 3D Photography Exhibition. Can you tell us what that is exactly?
1: Yes, thank you for pronouncing it right, Leona. (laughs) You're a winner. (laughs) Yeah, it's 3D. It's Victorian 3D as applies to the (laughs) 21st century. Not quite in the 23rd yet, are we? Yeah, and... um, it's to celebrate a book it's to promote our new book which is called stereoscopy is good for you and um the basic premise is that it is actually very therapeutic and it's a way to escape because it's so so incredibly graphic and immersive that when you're engaged in stereoscopy you're kind of not in this world you're in a different place so these pictures around which the exhibition is based are all from basically amateur stereo photographers all around the world and we invited them uh, it's a long story basically from my instagram community which has gradually grown up we invited them to send in pictures which epitomized their kind of um vision their picture of what life was like in lockdown and what gave them hope what gave them inspiration just
0: before we come on to that though just because some of my listeners might not know can you explain what it is the stereoscopy
1: Yes, I should explain. It's 3D really, and it's the difference between taking a picture which is flat and putting it on the wall, which is a representation of something you want to remember, and using your full faculties, which is using both eyes, um, to give you the full depth experience, so you feel like you're there. It's it's a much more evocative kind of record of, of something that you want to preserve. Completely, actually, There's there's no comparison really once you get into it and I've always felt that it's kind of neglected um, In in this century Um, It's not that hard to do so why would we neglect it? So I'm being kind of evangelical here I run this thing called the London stereoscopic company now um, And we've published a number of books This is the latest book and I think it's the most kind of populist book we've ever done some of it's been quite um Uh, Well, historical and analytical and scientific or whatever. Uh, But this is very much the people doing it. And the quality is just stunning. Um,
0: Yes, so going back to Victorian times, because they didn't have the technology we have now, they don't have apps and phones. So How did they create
1: these 3D images? It's actually incredibly simple when you know how, like all the best inventions. It's quite astonishing to me that thousands of years of representational art took place the human condition you know people are painting the walls of their caves putting making a record like we do of things that happen in our everyday life that we want to preserve but it's always been flat on a flat surface and of course it's a very kind of imperfect representation of what we're trying to preserve Um, and that goes right up through the Renaissance, where you would think people would have twigged it, especially Leonardo da Vinci and a lot of his friends. Um, they, they mastered the art of painting with perspective. You can see lines converging, etc. They got shadows, they got beautiful um, kind of modeling on and making faces look solid. But they didn't tweak that actually you need two eyes to get a proper uh, experience rather than one. We have two eyes for a very good reason because they give us two slightly different views of the universe, like I'm looking at you now, so this right eye can see more of your left cheek, and this left eye can see more of your right cheek, you know, in every way, whenever we look around, um, that's what we're doing, we're using our eyes to give us stereoscopic vision. And what's happening is our brains are combining these two slightly different images, In our inside our heads and creating a kind of model an in-depth model This moment while I'm speaking to you I can see you in front of me as a model and I can see behind you all the stuff that's around us Um, We take it for granted the amazing Inspiration that a certain gentleman got was that we have these two eyes for a reason and we can actually reproduce that sensation of depth very simply by simply presenting the left eye with a left eye image and the right eye with a right eye image that we've taken which we've taken from two viewpoints uh, some way apart so the gentleman i'm talking about is charles wheatstone up here it's 1832 it's a long way after leonardo but he just twigged it he got this inspiration that he could make a thing which he called a stereoscope he could draw pictures drawn uh, of views of say a cube or uh, uh, some kind of solid object from two different viewpoints put them in the viewer and it looked solid it's an amazing piece of (laughs) intuition I guess I don't know what it was I don't know what led him to it and he did this before photography photography was invented a few years later and of course that gave him what he needed he asked people like Louis Daguerre, or or their assistants, and Fox Talbot in England, to make the images that he needed for his stereoscope. And stereoscopy was born. Took a while, but it took over Victorian life completely. It was like the internet is for us, or TV, or films. Stereoscopy was massive. And there was a London stereoscopic company shop not far from here, in Regent Street, which boasted a a million views for sale million views all around the world so you would things that you would see things like the pyramids or tea planting in china or or india or all, all kinds of places you could never dream of going were represented in these stereos also the victorians were very much like us they loved celebrity so there would be stereo pictures of of popular people from the time, like Dickens, and actors and actresses, politicians, and beautiful landscape, and people learned how to to photograph landscapes in 3D. So it's a whole world. Every subject you could name, children, pets, uh, the sky, whatever, is all represented in in stereoscopy, and it's all around us here. This part of the exhibition is the, um, the Victorian Emporium, as we call it. This is all 1850s stuff. And In each case you see on the wall what it's like in flatness in in mono if you like and then below it We have the viewers my little owl viewers where you can see the same image in stereo and the difference Makes people go wow like we, so many people have been here already today and go. Oh my god I didn't realize you could do this. How incredible is that? So that's what I kind of go for. That's my so there it was, huge in the Victorian
0: times. Then it, did it disappear for a
1: while? Yes, it's a strangely cyclical... Or cyclical phenomenon yes it was massive in the 1850s by about 1862 it's reached a peak and it's starting to disappear in favor of something else in actually in favor of CTVs carte de visite which are kind of boring really but that's what happened and and stereoscopy wasn't really big again until around 1900 so that's about 40 years later and when again it's represented up here you see some 1900 views in this central shelf Um, And it became very popular again, it was used in schools as education, again to show people to show the kids places that they, they never could have seen in their lives. All sorts of explanations, tours of Niagara Falls, tours of India, tours of Africa, incredible subjects. And you can still get them. Um, and then it died out again, pretty much. And it didn't become big until the 1950s. This is when I... Is started.
0: that when Weetabix were yeah. something to do with it?
1: <laughs> yeah, I came, I came to it through Weetabix. I think also through Viewmaster. I think most of us have seen a Viewmaster viewer at some point. Is, it is
0: that those sort of 1970s ones? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, the, pl- the plastic view where you, you click the handle at the side. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and you have views on a on a disc. So yeah, they kind of kept the, the flame of 3D alive and something very important happened in the 1950s which was that everyone could take their own 3D pictures very easily. There was a thing which, it, which I show here uh, called a stereo realist and it's an instant stereo camera. You just go click and you have your stereo picture.
0: Ah, uh, okay. But just coming back to your discovery from Weetabix, so just to explain, there was what, a free stereoscopic <laughs> device in there?
1: well there was a free card in a little envelope very exciting it came out of your Weetabix packet and um, on the back it said send away one and sixpence and a packet top and we will send you a viewer uh, a stereoscope which I did and I put my view in this in the stereoscope my view I'll never forget my first view because it was a hippopotamus and the little card if you can imagine it is smaller than a stereo card it's about this big You can see can't you (laughs) it's just a few inches across but it has two pictures of hippopotamus flat and uh, not particularly well reproduced you know a little bit sort of not lenticular in those days but a bit dotty you know so it didn't look that interesting but i put it in the viewer and just gasped because suddenly instead of looking at pictures i was looking through a window at a hippo that had its mouth open and i felt like i could actually fall in it was incredible experience in in a situation which wasn't very high-tech, it, in, in, the picture wasn't even that well done, you know. but I was hooked, I just thought this is incredible, I can do this, why doesn't everybody do this all the time? And that became a passion all my life, I, I, I've always thought it should be more understood, should be more used, and I've taken it a long way, I now have the, a recreation of the London Stereoscopic Company which I started about 10 years ago. And we've been publishing books and cards and making viewers i designed my own stereo view because you can't get the victorian ones anymore obviously that's what you see here i call them my owls and they make stereo viewing very easy so
0: you're in a way kind of solely responsible for bringing this back
1: i'm not solely responsible i had a lot of help (laughs) it's a whole i started putting these things on instagram during lockdown As Something I could share and I kind of trained people in how to take pictures and how to view them and it grew as a community Um, Some people just doing it for the first time a few really good already experienced stereoscopists join us and and we became a kind of I Guess a sharing community giving each other Critiques and advice and stuff sometimes it goes terribly wrong. Sometimes people hate getting advice, you know (laughs) (laughs) including me probably but on the whole, it's a, it's a community which has grown and it's completely worldwide. I have entries from Poland and uh, from Russia. Um, and that was a bit of a, it was a bit of a soul searching as to whether we should include them in the book, you know. But- um,
0: So coming on to this book then, so basically it started with the lockdown and you sort of appealed to everyone and said, look, send me your photographs wherever you may be. You might be stuck indoors, you might have a garden, you might be able to take a couple of pictures. And it's grown from there and now resulting in this book.
1: Yeah, you've told the story much better than I, <laughs> than I could. Yes, That's exactly it, yeah. And the book was going to be a little pocketbook of just a few pictures and a view, but it grew into something much more serious, I think, you know, and it's now a beautiful coffee table book, um, which is very easy to, to look through. You get big pictures as well as little ones. All the little ones, you use your viewer and you go through the window, you can see things in stereo, in 3D. Um, And it's the first time it's been done, I think, because you are looking at people all around the world um in their lockdown situation which is very varied and how they dealt with it and every picture has a caption i asked everyone who contributed to put a little uh, just a few words to describe what they were thinking when they took the picture now that makes a huge difference because you're suddenly really in their world you're hearing their thoughts and you're looking through their eyes at the scene around them in 3d and it's incredibly evocative you see people's pets you see them getting into the garden as you say photographing flowers and insects and stray animals, um, their loved ones, uh, the sky. Um, Some people are lucky enough to have good scenery around them, they're able to go for walks so you see them walking sometimes with their pets and stuff. It's very moving I find some of it because you see people's, um, people evolving their new ways of dealing with the situation.
0: And as a result of that some of those people are going to come to this exhibition?
1: they are i invited all the contributors there's more than 100 of them to come not tonight but tomorrow because we have a date specifically for those people who've contributed most of them have never done anything like this in their lives before so i'm hoping it's going to be a really nice experience for them and i think it's already nice because they feel that they have an outlet people are actually seeing their work for the first time and the quality, which you'll see in the central part of this exhibition, is just amazing.
0: And and, and some of these photographs—they're just taken on people's phones or actual cameras—or how is it done?
1: Yeah, it's actually much easier than you think to take a stereo picture. You can do it with your iPhone, smartphone, or whatever. And there's a little app you can get. In fact, there's a couple. I use something called uh, i3D Steroid. Um, it's, it's all on our website if you want to check. But it's mm-hmm. i3D3. A letter D, steroid, Um, and it it guides you through. It's very quick. I can take a stereo picture of you right now, and all you do is take a picture, click, move the camera two and a half inches to the right, which is the distance apart of our eyes, take another picture, and the app does everything else for you. That is incredible. Yeah, it's so easy. I mean, the principle is blindingly simple, and yet the effect is so incredibly... Uh, you know, astounding so I can show you here. Here's my okay. little app i 3d steroid. I go on there And we go to photograph And I'm ready to take a picture of you so I go click and then I move the camera a few inches to the right take another click And it's already put the two pictures side by side. Oh
0: wow. Yes, yeah, so the same picture But very slightly different very angle slightly
1: different the same as my eyes perceive you yeah. in two different yeah. ways so then you save your picture like you do to your camera roll, you know save stereo image original resolution. Image is now saved successfully, so if I go into my camera roll... Um, there it is. And I can turn the thing on its side, turn the camera on its side, and there you are, all ready to go in the stereoscope, uh, which is right here.
0: Oh, well, so you just pop the phone in one of your little devices.
1: Yeah, I have a version of this device which has a, a, a magnetic back, which is even better for this, but this will... This will sit I'm in there I'm just going to look at now. myself
0: in 3D! <gasps> I look like I'm sitting forward on the chair, the chair looks completely 3D and then the, the gallery in the background, that is incredible.
1: That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I like to hear that gasp, like Yeah, the gasp. you look great. It's
0: just unbelievable and it was so easy. It's brilliant. I mean that's using modern, te- modern technology but the point is, is that you can use Victorian technology because right. it's such a simple concept.
1: Yep, yeah. that's right, like all the greatest inventions it's dead simple and it's easy to do, but the results are astounding.
0: Hmm. So we've talked about how it's uh, occurred the Victorian times right through to now and uh, we're sitting in the exhibition now Um, So this is open for five months.
1: Yeah, amazing these people have been so brilliant to us the proud galleries Um, They've given us this place for five months It's all redecorated specially for us and we have loads of stuff on the walls as you can see We also have loads of viewers all around the place that people can pick them up We have some electronic ones as well. So auto changing views lots of ways to see stereo uh, some of it's modern from these, all these people around the world that have made the new book. Stereoscopy is good for you, as it is called. And this bit we're sitting in is historical. This is 1850s, the birth of 3D. And downstairs, which you probably haven't seen yet, is the Queen in 3D section. So that's sort of my history and the history of Queen as I captured it on tour and off tour and in the studio and whatever with various stereo devices. <laughs> so we're here and people can come in any time uh, during in the next five months and experience 3D. It's gonna be growing as well. This is already work in progress and we'll be changing things around and having little particular exhibitions of certain subjects, I think. We'll have some guests here to demonstrate, have workshops, can do so much wonderful stuff. And I, I'm feeling that stereoscopy at last has a foothold in London, at least which is the first time since the 1850s.
0: Well, thank you so much, Brian, for bringing it to the forefront, for sharing all this stuff with us on this recording, and also for being here tonight to show us in person. Thank you so much.
1: Brilliant, you're coming tonight, right? I'm staying around, yes. Brilliant, that's great. Yeah. Thank you for being here with me and helping me transmit this message. Stereoscopy is good for your darling.
0: (laughs) Perfect, thank you so much. Thank you, Leona. Well, the book is out now. It's called Stereoscopy is Good for You. And you can buy this at londonstereo.com. That's londonstereo.com. If you want to go and see the exhibition, it's open now right through until March 2023. £7 to get in. You can book through proudgalleries.com. That is proudgalleries.com. If you're near London, definitely worth taking a peek. Please welcome Finley McAllen from Motorcycle Live. Hi Finley, how are you doing?
2: I'm good, Leona. How are you?
0: Very well, thank you. So the event is fast approaching. Mm. Can you give us some reasons to attend Motorcycle Live this year?
2: There's loads of reasons to attend Motorcycle Live this year. The best one being probably there's over over 50 manufacturers to come and see. So that's 50 different brands showing multiple new products uh, for the UK market, be that custom, um, cruiser, race bikes, scooters, there's something for everybody in terms of the motorcycles that are there. And that's that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's loads of opportunities to ride. You can ride from 18 months old, believe it or not. Wow. Uh, you, can, you can take your first ride on the features that we've got there. There's uh, test rides for those people that have got their full license. And we build an indoor um, off-road track for the the sort of growth market, which is the adventure bikes. So people with a license can try the adventure bikes provided by Honda, Yamaha, Triumph, Royal Enfield, Ducati, and Harley-Davidson. But also in that area, we've got an area for kids to ride off-road as well. So there really is something for everybody to do. And... If you want to get down to the the 18-month-old level, there's something for them as well because we've got a kiddie moto feature which is the balance bikes and there's also um, a colouring in competition that they can do with uh, Ricky Zoom. So we really do try and deliver something for for the whole family at Motorcycle Live.
0: That's really good. And if you wanted to do one of those activities, can you just turn up or do you need to book them?
2: No, you just turn up. So pretty much Motorcycle Live is is an all-inclusive ticket. Buy your ticket in advance. Everything is open to you on a first-come, first-served basis.
0: So you just turn up that day and say, look, I want to book my kid in for this. And they just say, yeah, you come back at two o'clock. Simple as that, is it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. We tend to book the mornings first and then leave the afternoons till later on in the day when we book them then. So people coming later on in the afternoon do get that opportunity to have a ride.
0: Okay, that's really good. Now, what is BSB Day?
2: BSB Day, well we work closely with uh, Bennett's and the British Superbike Championship and we've decided that on the uh, the first weekend BSB Day is going to be all about what happened throughout the year. So all the champions, all the winners, all the riders, everybody that participated and everything focused about what went on in the season and potentially some scoops about what's going to go on next season and hopefully some, some rider announcements. So everything focused around the BSB Championship that happened this year and then as I say maybe some secrets for, for 2023
0: and that's taking place on the 20th Sunday the 20th of November but the whole thing is over quite a long period of time it's from the 19th to the 27th of November
2: that's right yeah we, we have two weekends it's interesting um, we it's two bites of the cherry really isn't it um, some people actually come on two days as well so yeah we run right across two weekends and right the way through that week as well
0: that's fantastic so if you do have a day off in the week I suppose that would be less busy
2: yeah, I, I, if if people are looking for a pointer, the, the, the quietest day to come is the Tuesday. And, and that's a great opportunity because it's, it's the quietest attended day. Everything's, you can get on to everything. You can speak to everybody. You can do everything without any of the cues and the, and the, the hustle and bustle of, say, a weekend.
0: Well, that's a good top tip. So the Tuesday. Mm. Um, and uh, now I was there last year and it was the first, was it the first one since COVID? Because I've just lost all track of time since COVID. But um, yeah. are we going to be... Uh, full capacity this time do you think?
2: Yeah we are, Uh, it's full ball this year and it is the first um, unaffected show since 2019 right so we were particularly affected last year um, and a lot of people didn't come understandably so um, but there are no COVID restrictions this year so we're expecting a, a bumper crowd and you know we're, we're hoping to welcome back some people that haven't actually been to the show since 2019 yeah. so yeah, it should be a good one
0: what if you're not into biking um but you know you just think oh i quite fancy doing something different for the day what would appeal to you like um if you're not a biker yet
2: if you're not a biker yet, well, we do have something specifically for that. So, to have crossed the threshold and come through the door, there's going to be that. There's got to be a tickle of an interest, and to sort of scratch that itch, we've got something called MCI Try Ride, which is sponsored by MCN. And basically, what we do is we take someone that's interested but not really sure what to do and we tell them where to go where, what clothing to wear what bikes are available and everything else and then in the privacy of an area that's kind of blocked off from everybody else so we don't put any pressure on them we give them an opportunity to have their first go on a motorcycle so no pressure from everybody watching if, if you're coming with your mum and your dad or it's your partner or your husband your wife or anyone, they can watch you do it but it gives you that first chance to have a go and see what it's really all about
0: that is perfect what's that bit called again?
2: MCIA Tri-Ride, sponsored by MCN.
0: So if you were going there, how would you find that big? Because I remember it just being really big.
2: Yeah, so we've got two areas, and the really big one I think you're talking about is the electric one. I'll come on to that in a minute. So if you want to go to MCIA Tri-Ride, go into the entrance to Hall 2, turn left, and you'll see it over there. Okay. And also go to the website, and you'll you'll see the floor plan.
0: Oh, yes, of course, there's a floor plan online. And you mentioned electrics. What were you going to say? Yeah,
2: so it's... Whether you like it or not, it's coming. It's not coming, it's here. Um, So we launched the electric test ride zone in uh, 2021. And in 2022, we've got a new and improved. So more people supporting it. And it's supported by Sparda. So again, this is completely free. And the idea is, is that it gives you an opportunity to, to, I don't know, Dispel any of those thoughts that you've had that it's not a great product or you don't know what it's going to feel like. And we give you that, that opportunity to to ride the bike. See, you know, see how quickly the power transfers from the throttle to the wheel without any of the engine, without any of the fuel weight and everything else. So supported by all the manufacturers. And as I said, again, completely free indoors in the warm. All you do come up, book your ride and we'll let you have a go.
0: Sounds brilliant, actually. Um, So it's the 19th to the 27th of November. Mm -hmm. I'm giving away some tickets on this podcast, which I will mention after. But Finley, is there anything else you want to add in conclusion?
2: I just think that if you're into motorcycles, or or, as I said before, you've got that little bit of interest and everything else, come to Motorcycle Life, because there is really something there for all the family. Um, There's all sorts of bikes there. There's things to see. There's things to do. There's competitions, prizes, interviews. It's a good day out, and you'll really enjoy it. That's fantastic. All right, well, thank you for joining me, Finlay. Good to speak to you again, Leona. Thank you.
0: Now then, would you like to win some tickets to Motorcycle Live this year? I've got two pairs of tickets for you to win, and here is the question. What day is BSB Day? mentioned it on the chat just now if you can't remember rewind it it's also the day i'm going to be there as well and i may have mentioned that in the podcast already i can't remember but what day is bsb day taking place at motorcycle live all right the whole event is between the 19th and 27th of november but there's one particular day that's bsb day uh, when you know the answer email me rock at gmail.com and then uh, you will go in the draw to win Entries will close on November the 6th, that's this Sunday, at midnight. So you'll find out next Monday if you want or not, that's the 7th of November. So you've got a few days to answer this. Here's the question again, what day is BSB Day? And you can message me now, rockandroadpod at gmail.com. So Dexter and I went to see The Lion, The Witch and The Wardrobe. Um, Dexter, what did you think about that show? It was really good. What was good about it? About the wardrobe to another world. It was so satisfying. I just couldn't believe how they made, like, music at every time. I don't know how they disappeared. It's just absolute magic. There was magic in it, wasn't there? And, yeah, all the actors performed... All, everything, they were even part of the stage set They'd come on holding things And they'd play all their own, own instruments It was put together so well And it was really, really really magical Did you find it hard to keep quiet? Because you're used to panto where you're allowed to shout out Yeah So we went to Morocco at half term What did you think of Marrakesh? Uh, it was good And I learnt French at my school So I can talk to my friends in French Yeah, there was loads of French people there It's like their second I language I made some English uh, friends as well Yeah, but it's Arabic, then French, then English last, isn't it? So we were in third place. I made some, like, Scottish friends. You did? And uh, what was it like in the markets? Did you touch any live animals? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, What what animals did you touch? turtle, I think a chameleon, snake. (laughs) You were the only one that would allow the snake to go on you. The rest of us were too scared. And a monkey. Oh, yeah. The, The monkey. The animals loved you? Okay, well, thank you very much for the update and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.
2: The Rock and Road Pod Music News, brought to you by music-news.com.
0: In music news, Liam Gallagher has snubbed Noel Gallagher, his brother, once again. Responding on Twitter, somebody said to Liam, what do you think of the vocals on the new High Flying Birds track? And Liam said, never heard of them. And then he added, I've not heard anything. I didn't know he was still making music. (laughs) Now, let me get this clear. I don't really care about Liam Gallagher or Noel Gallagher. I'm not fans of Oasis or their solo work. But Liam's put-downs of Noel always make me giggle. I just think, why don't you guys just sort it out and get yourselves back together? In fact, Roger Daltrey has called on the brothers to just get Oasis back together. Well, they actually split up in 2009 following a backstage bust-up. And all hopes of a union have been dashed year after year. But I tend to find this will go on for years and years. And then, you know, 20, 30 years later, they all get a bit old and they think, Oh, do you know what? We need to make some money quick. And they'll reform, do some stadium tours and everything will be fine once again. Meanwhile, there's a new TV series out called SAS Rogue Heroes. And it's made by the creator of Peaky Blinders. Now, this I am mentioning because of the soundtrack. It's got a great soundtrack featuring ACDC, Judas Priest, Black Sabbath, Motorhead and many more. This is well worth watching. I think it's on BBC One on Sunday nights.
2: The Rock and Road Pod Music News, brought to you by music news.com.
0: Well, that is it from the podcast this week. Thank you for listening. Remember to enter the competition for Tickets to Motorcycle Live, which closes midnight this Sunday, November the 6th. Uh, That's when the competition closes. The entry address is rockandroadpod at gmail.com. Please have a look at the photos that accompany this episode on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Pod. Oh, and by the way, if you wanted to go and see The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, that's taking place at the Gillian Lynn Theatre, Drury Lane in London. And to find out more, follow them on Instagram and Twitter at LionWitchStage. I'll catch you next time when I'll be trying out a Toyota Hilux Invincible. This is the Rock and Roll Podcast.